We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Tuesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Thank you all for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. This is your Liberty Preview, a Friday Night Future with uh, a kickoff set for 8 o'clock. It'll be on the ACC Network, and we'll let you know what we think about that. First, um, the Sunday's show got cut off. I don't know what happened. It got cut off on every platform, and I uploaded to two different places, and it did the same thing on both of them. So I re-uploaded it. So iTunes, all the major platforms are going to have the full show if you want to go back. But we're just going to throw it at the end of this one. If you've already listened to that show, you can just hang on till after the close. And then it'll be there for you to listen to. It's about 15 minutes worth. So, And we didn't even finish fan feedback. Cut fan feedback off. So uh, there's quite a bit in there. And, you know, you don't have to listen. That's why we put it at the end. But there's some good stuff in there. Uh, Brent, ben yeah. Lebros, Lebros, he left the program. We knew that already. But Coach kind of elaborated a little bit on what we didn't know, and that is that he went back home to be closer to family for personal reasons. And that was in his presser. The presser, you know, if there was a bunch of good stuff in there, I would have cut a montage for it. It's pretty, right. it's pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought Hugh Freeze's presser, which I read instead of listened to, was <clears throat> probably a little bit more information than Coach's was. So, anyways, we are going to yeah. get into all of that as far as Liberty goes. We'll give you our picks, and we'll see who won last week. We're keeping score. We're keeping score. I'm taking. I'm taking score. I'm taking score, and also accumulative since we have 10, 12 games assuming we don't make a bowl game we got 12 games so we got to have a tiebreaker lowest score throughout the whole season wins so that's that's how that's gonna go what are you giving me what are you giving me the side eye for <laughs> huh the hell is that all about don't stand a chance <laughs> okay all right well listen 
thing we clean that up a little bit. All right. As you all know, we're, we do fan feedback. That's what this show is all about. We do it on Twitter. We do it on Facebook. We also do it live on the Spotify Green Room app. You can go there, download it. It's free, iOS or Android store. All you need is a username and password and an email address. Go there, download it, sign up today, follow us, and sign up for notifications. When we go live, you can get that notification. Some of you are getting them, some of you are not. But do it anyway. Do it. Do it now. So go ahead, sign up for that. You don't have to just listen to us. You can listen to anyone you want. And you can also do your own thing, which is cool. So um, it's a cool little platform. It's free. And a range of topics, anything you could imagine, is in there. So iOS or Android source, go there now. Download it. Green Room, Spotify Green Room app. Okay. Formerly Locker Room app. You know, something that simple. Something that simple. And it doesn't matter if it's free or not. People are making money off of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what an easy... We tried to to screw around with phone numbers and Skype numbers and um, all kinds of quirky things to try to get to do live stuff, live fan feedback and stuff. And this little app is so good. And if I had the brain to create such a thing, then I would do this podcast every day because I wouldn't have to work. But here I sit twice a week. Sorry. So (laughs) anyway, Joe, as we mentioned, Friday night showdown between Syracuse and Liberty. Liberty is going to come in to the dome as uh, they opened up as a seven point favorite. I don't know what they're going to come into the dome as, but they're a fringy top 25 team. They, um, they've pretty much dominated everybody. The last game against ODU, uh, Malik Willis was responsible for six touchdowns. He completed 21 of 28 for 242, four touchdowns through the air. He also had two other touchdowns and nine carries for 77 yards on the ground. Uh, their defense held ODU to just 45 yards of offense in zero points in the second half. Uh, also, they finished with I think they finished with five sacks altogether. Kendy Charles recorded three of them. He leads the team in sacks with four through three games. Willis threw so far for the year 613 yards through the air. I think that's is that right? Crap. You know what? I don't think that's right. No, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I went back and looked. It wasn't updated when I first looked at it, and I think I updated it. Uh, 71% completion rate. He averages nine yards of completion total. Seven touchdowns so far. Zero interceptions. In fact, the Flames offense has yet to turn the ball over in three games, which is uh, really good. So they do struggle somewhat in the run game, with the exception of Willis. Uh, he's tucked it 43, 34 times so far this year for 225 yards, 56 long, 6.6 yards a carry. And f- um, for the team's eight total touchdowns on the ground, I think he has four of them. So that's really good. 6'1 junior, uh, TJ Green. He's got 132 yards on 23 attempts with no touchdowns. 5'11 senior, Joshua Mack. 
has 40 carries for 127 yards and one touchdown. 6'2 senior Story Jackson, he leads the team in total tackles with 20 and another familiar name, Javon Scruggs, behind him with 16 total tackles. Liberty ranks 12th in total offense in the nation, allowing 200, only allowing 234 yards a game. Now, take into consideration Campbell, Troy, Old Dominion was their competition, and be that what it is, you know, take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. Joe. His name's Malik Willis. He's racked up 240 total yards of offense inside the Dome last year in their 38-20 win over the Orange. And this was out without fans, though, okay? So there was no fans in the Dome, if you remember. Now, Hugh Freeze was asked, how do you get your team ready for the atmosphere in the Dome? And he said, we don't take anything for granted. We will prepare like we did for a away game at Troy with some crowd noise, but really... That is all that should be different to us. It might be a little bit louder. We don't expect to have people cheering for us. We get that, but there that has nothing to do with our execution of our game plan and our effort. This is the only thing I'm concerned about. We'll prepare a little bit for some crowd noise, he says again, but it's more about execution and physical play. So this year, Joe, the, the, the factor is the crowd. Okay, um, this is almost the same exact team. Some familiar names that Joe's going to go over. Does it make a difference? Does it make that much you of a difference? Huh? <laughs> so you did, did, did. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go I ahead. Mean, go ahead. Re- realistically, um, again, I mean, that was one of the first things that I was going to hit up was the fact that they haven't really played um, a lot of competition uh, to your point, uh, beating Campbell and Campbell's one and two, or, and I think their only wins against Presbyterian uh, ODU's only win is against a, a D one double a school. I think Hampton and um, Troy beat, I think Southern, which is enough. I mean, and uh, Southern what? It was at, at Southern miss. No, just Southern. I, I know yeah. it was a joke and at Southern miss. So, <laughs> The teams that they've played really, I mean, we're obviously we're going to be far and away their best competition. Um, I mean, Troy's Troy has good teams here and there, and I know they played them kind of tough, but um, this is going to definitely be uh, the toughest team that they've played up to this point. But this is probably going to be the toughest team that we've played up to this point as well. So, um, and I think a lot of what Hugh Freeze says was basically because I mean, Liberty last year they went ten and one. Um, their only loss was at NC State, fifteen to fourteen, one loss. So one they loss, were one, one point. point. Away. Yeah, one loss, one point. They um, <laughs> they were one point, you know, two points away from being undefeated uh, for the whole season last year. And I know we were part of that. We played against them. And uh, this team, again, most of them, most of them are back. So, I mean, they're used to winning. So I think that's what he means when he says that you know it's not really going to affect them. But at the same time, we really don't know. I mean, how many how many games they played last year, away games, you know, that had fans. So And they played um, stiff competition last year though. They did play they played Syracuse, you mentioned NC State, I think Wake they beat Wake Forest. No, at Virginia Tech they won. At Virginia Tech, that's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yep. And they ended up winning their bowl game against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, I believe, was They were undefeated, undefeated at um, the time, yeah. Yes, at the time, uh, Liberty won that 37-34 in overtime for their bowl game. So, um, as far as last year goes, yeah, I mean, they really, they overachieved. And, you know, there's, looking just back at last year, there's really, I mean, it's pretty obvious why uh, Malik Willis came in uh, this season as 
a Heisman candidate possibly because, um, I mean, last year he just he killed it and they almost went undefeated and here we are this year. Um, so it's it's, it's not going to be easy whatsoever. Uh, the one thing about this team that I noticed, and again, this could just be the teams they're playing against. Um, they did only beat Troy by eight, but um, they they are, their defense looks really really solid. Uh, it looks like they hold. I think it looks like an average of 58 yards on the ground for the first three games and um, less than 200 yards passing. So that's what their defense has done against the teams that they played against. And um, Malik Willis is obviously, I mean, he's dominated um, the touches for the most part uh, at Troy at Old Dominion, the two games where he played um, most of the game. Um, he had, between his throws, between his drop back and his throws and his runs, he that's I think 37 and 38 touches, you know, um, a piece. So that's really what you're looking at. But I mean, he's it's tough because he leads the team in rushing, uh, not attempts but yards, and it's just tough when any any drop back can become a running play, and that's really what you what you see against this guy and. Uh, Old Dominion saw it last week with his uh, six touchdowns, four passing, two running. And, um, you know, we got to do you know what we can to, to slow that down, make the other players other than him uh, um, beat us. Yeah, so. well, I mean, I mean, and he's their guy. They're going to have to come up with a little something more creative than that. And we'll see how it goes. But this guy, I mean, he, you know, Liberty, is, he, was he a transfer at some point? From he was a transfer from Auburn. Okay. All right. Yes. So Liberty with a gem right there. I mean, this yeah. this kid could probably play. Knowing what we know now, obviously, I mean, there was. I mean, there's there's a number of teams that would love to have um, Malik Willis on their team, and he's um, he's athletic, man. The problem is, is if you shut him down, who's going to step up? And I mean, he leads the right. team in passing. He leads the team in rushing. You know, he's one of those guys. So he could get you either way. But I think that you know don't really know what their defense is like. They're ranked high, they, you know, but, you know, like we said, the competition just isn't, like, anything great, in my opinion. That's not trying to take anything away from them because, I mean, they've pretty much dominated. But yeah. when you talk about Syracuse, then they're going to know what Syracuse is going to want to do. You know, you're going you're gonna to feed Sean Tucker. You're going to feed Sean Tucker. Well, the one thing they did against Rutgers that they can't do against Liberty would be to give up on the run if it's not working, you know, either right away or if it fades. They start to stop yep. it. You got you to gotta keep shoving it down their throat and wearing them down. I mean, that, that was one big factor against Rutgers, I think, um, missed opportunity there. They just stopped giving them the ball. So, yeah. With that said, yeah, that can't I mean, that can't happen. No, no. I mean, I think we know, based upon what Dino said last, uh, yesterday, and based upon what we saw and everything like that. I mean, I think that everyone's kind of on the same page as to what you had alluded to on on uh, Sunday, um, the last podcast we had. That Tommy, I think everyone at this point thinks that Tommy's going to be um, the man. Tommy's going to be the starter, right? Yeah. Uh, but we, but the, I guess my whole thing is, is that the leash, the leash has to go once he stops running and making himself uh, a runner, and um, and then uh, obviously Liberty ends up figuring it out, and then they start bringing pressure, and now he's getting pressure in the pocket, and 
it's just overall tough. He's got to be. I do like his long ball over over Garrett Schrader, and obviously his knowledge of the system and, and the playbook. Um, but he's got to be able to um, to make his legs a threat against a team like this. And this is really why what makes me nervous about it is because you know we saw him run against Ohio, we saw him run against Albany, but when we played against Rutgers, pretty solid Power Five um, defense. Um, to me, he kind of you know, tensed up a little bit and kind of just handed it off every single time. And what that turned into was Rutgers figuring that out, stopping the run game, and then it was Tommy in the pocket, and that didn't end up working out in the second half either. So um, we need him to be able to use his legs and, and make plays and be able to at least keep the defense honest if we're going to run, you know, an RPO-type situation. You can't sit there and just hand the ball off every time. you got to be able to make your legs a weapon. Otherwise, you know, you're just you're running the play for no reason. So... Um, as long as he can do that and, um, you know, just limit the mistakes inside the pocket, then um, then I'm cool with it. But there's got to be some type of leash at some point. And I remember last year the Liberty game was decently close, and even them last year at the end of the, of the game kind of um, started pushing our defense around because we weren't really I – mean, we, were we were on and off the field on offense. And I remember our defense getting tired and not being able to stop the run, uh, especially with Malik Willis – as an option. So, uh, I don't know if Tommy or Garrett or anybody has any type of, uh, you know, they want to see what an RPO looks like and how you can use your legs to your advantage. And they can look no further than across from the the sidelines come Friday night because (laughs) yeah, he's going to be a problem. That's for sure. The last thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we just got to be, and the one thing this year that I've liked, you know, for the most part is that, um, you know, we've picked and choose when to be fast and uh, we haven't put ourselves in positions, even though there's been teams that have won the um, that have won the clock as far as time of possession. Um, they've done much done better a, this a, a much year. Much better though. this year. Yeah. Not putting your defense, yes. you know, out in bad situations. So hopefully that'll be um, the difference. And then obviously we've got to kind of clean that stuff up. Um, Liberty, you can kind of see a situation where. He got or Liberty's basically getting better. I think they had, they had 12, 12 penalties for ninety eight yards against Campbell week one, turned into six for sixty five, then turned into five for fifty last year last week. So they're so cleaning that's a it team, up. That's a team where you can see yeah they're cleaning up the penalties and to what you said about the, the turnovers. I did see that they did have a turnover uh, against Old Dominion. It was a fumble. I could have been special teams. So what you said about the offense not you know recording a, uh, a turnover um, still might be true. But they have one turnover in fair um, enough. Three it is games. It, fair enough. It is their offense. But nonetheless, that's just one turnover in three games. And um, I guess really the other thing is this is as good as this defense and, is. And they've you've, only caused two. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say as good as this defense has been as far as holding opponents uh, to um, you know points and yards, they um, they've only gotten two turnovers or forced two turnovers, um, so to speak. So, you mentioned uh, special teams. Hugh Freeze. That was one of his. He was stuck on the special team stuff a little bit, especially after last game. Says they cost him ten points, and obviously they didn't need him to win. But that's going to be something that they're going to focus on too. And I mean, I don't honestly know what what T.J. Green can do and how good he is. I mean, I, I just there's just not enough out there really to tell. 
And but he is averaging 5.7 yards of carry. So he's only carried it 23 times because Malik Will. I mean, they have a game plan for Malik Willis, and he's their guy. So, but he does carry the ball pretty decent on 23 carries. It's pretty good. The next guy's um, Mac. Who's this? Uh, Joshua Mack. That's right. And he um, he's carried 40 times for 127. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, 3.2 yards of carry. So, right. Um, you know, yep. the crowd, right? So th- we're gonna have a crowd there. They that, gotta be there. That's they're they're the Otto's armies um, trying to turn this into a whiteout for Friday night. Okay. So go there, wear your white. The Otto's Army has been on it at the Dome for two games, this being the, 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 the third of the three-game stretch, three-game home stretch, and see if they can turn out. Even when the locals weren't showing up, Otto's Army, uh, to their credit, was there. So, and they've been bananas. So hopefully they can turn this thing into a whiteout and bring the noise, and uh, we can have... You know, we can create some chaos. Even if you got to have them burn a couple of timeouts, it's huge. So let yeah. a, let alone well, the, yeah. let alone just the momentum shift. Period, which right. we just didn't have last year. I mean, so I do feel. You know, I felt like I did for this game, like I did going into Rutgers. I just don't know what. I mean, I guess I feel like I know what Syracuse's game plan is, but we just haven't seen it, right? So this is going to be a right. game where you're implementing like your this is it. This is going to be you know your basic game plan for the season. This is going to be your your cookie cutter game to where going forward we're going to have a better idea of what this team is about. And it's all about, you know, like Hugh Freeze was talking about his team, you know, it's about execution and physical play. And Syracuse has been physical, but the execution has been a problem, especially with the penalties. So this is a team that can force you into penalties. Albany doesn't strike me as a team that could force you into 16 penalties for 164 yards yet. They did. So that's, that's going to be huge to keep an eye on that and make sure. And for the, for the, for the coaches and the players, that's going to be, have to be something that's always on their mind. Every snap, every down, every play, just that's it. So, yeah, well, and where they're going to get you to is, I mean, one of their okay. So their, their leading receiver, Demario Douglas, has 16 catches to the next top two, or like six and seven catches. So he's got them by double. So when it comes to a sure, a sure-handed um, receiver that it looks like Malik Willis likes to go to, Demario Douglas. Um, obviously, DJ Stubbs is the name you remember from last year. CJ Daniels stepped yeah, up and had one. two touchdowns the last game. Um, but when you look at it predominantly um, out of their offense. They have 76 pass attempts to 129 rushes for yeah. the season. Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of designed runs, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's well, it's a designed runs for the quarterback, but it's still it's it's overall a run heavy team anyway. Um, you still take away Malik Willis's runs, and they still run more than they throw. So uh, that's really where it's going to come into. You know, it's obviously the secondary discipline. Um, our secondary has looked good, though they are young. Um, we, the way that the rushing attack is, we're going to have to step up um, as far as defensive backs, and they're going to have to step up and make and make tackles and help the run game um, against Malik Willis and some of these other running backs. And you just don't want them to, you know, um, kind of get beat. They're going uh, to. They got like. 
I mean, they have seven receivers on their team that have a uh, catch of 30 yards or more this year. So you can see where they get the guys. That, I mean, they set up the play actions. They set up kind of the bigger yes. throws. Um, that, and that's really the one thing is being able for our D-backs are just going to have to be disciplined enough to be able to, you know, stay on their stay on their um, their guy or stay in their zone all while being able to come up and help with run and hope I mean, you got to be able to stop and look out for that play action. And that's really where they get you. Um, yeah. They're going to have so, to come out and it, like, we got to come out and establish the run. They're going to have to come out and establish the pass because, mm-hmm. you know, playing to each other's strengths or to each team's strength on that end, they're going to have to open up the lanes for Malik Willis. They're going to, like you said, the play action, it, they, they have to establish the pass for that. And if they do, that's where they could be dangerous because then you yeah. don't then you don't know. Mm-hmm. And with us, if you just pound the rock and pound the rock, I mean, eventually, Sean Tucker's I mean, going to yeah. break it. RPOs are yeah yeah RPOs are tough, um, and running playing against running quarterbacks are tough. So you know we're going to need everyone to be disciplined and to to do what they're supposed to be doing as far as the calls per play and what gaps and holes they're supposed to be at and supposed to be protecting and. If we can do that and force them to, to throw, I mean, he has been sacked eight times this year in three games against the competition that we have seen. I have to imagine that we have a better pass rush than all of these three teams. Absolutely, so, yeah. Um, so when it comes down to it, it does look like if you can keep them in the pocket, then you can get them every once in a while. So I think that's really part of the key is is that like when he does drop back, like you want to keep him in the pocket. You want him to throw. I mean, he's completing at a 71%. I was just going to uh, say that, yeah. Him. But at the same time, his average throw is 8.9. Yeah. So um, you can tell that he's basically, I mean, his longest pass is 40. So, you know, so as much as I say there's, you know, six, seven receivers that have over 30 yards as far as um, their longest catch, uh, the longest one is 40. So these aren't, you know, game-breaking 73-yard touchdowns like Tommy threw last week, albeit Albany. But um, it looks like he kind of, again, it, it, he's got full control of this offense. So it looks like he has no problem checking down and making the right reads and keeping the keeping the drives alive. You mean making the, the short passes and then being able to run. And, um, you know, he's got full control of that offense. This is the second year, and he's a Heisman candidate for a reason coming into this season. And, um, yeah, that's just, I mean, it's it's scary because we're going, we're going to be going against a really, really good quarterback. So we got to be on our P's and Q's and watch that stuff. Um, but they, that, that offense can beat us in multiple ways. And um, the defense is going to be kind of a wait and see, right? I mean, I, I, I spotted out the stats, but again, we don't know what kind of offenses that these guys are going against. So about, you know, holding teams to less than, you know, 250 yards of offense almost every single game, um, at least on average, um, that's pretty good. And 37 points in three games really is pretty pretty good as well yeah i mean and for what it's worth i mean a quarterback rating of almost 180 is i mean it's because he's not making mistakes yeah he's not making mistakes you know i mean that's that's what it is those interceptions they break it down you know those incompletions instead of you know throwing it away and being able to use your feet to get one or two yards you know like that stuff is what saves that 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 QBR rating for for quarterbacks like him. So yeah, I mean, like you said, thirty four rushing attempts in three games is. I mean, it's pretty good. I'm talking about eleven rushing attempts. I mean, I don't know how many of those are designed or flushed. 
designed or if it's a yeah or if it's him running on a on a pass play but so my one unknown is before we go into picks is defense and i just guess that we're gonna have to see because it's hard to gauge really i mean we saw syracuse's defense we know they're good we know they're good but Mm, that comes to that was gonna kind of come to my next point Okay. Do we? I think so. I think they did a good job Why, with though? Rutgers, dude. Why? But Rutgers, to me, I mean, we talked about I mean, about I understand that they're it. mostly. It's not they're, like their offense is great. I understand. It's a power five team. I understand that. I understand that. But, well, hold on a second, though, too, because almost... Syracuse is. Their, their defense, by the way, is ranked 29th in the nation, total defense. They are, they're only allowing oh, 270. Liberty? Liberty is. 12th they are only allowing 234 yards a game and obviously total defense is is calculated on more than that but that's the one that's the easy one to 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 compare to syracuse 29th allowing 270 so in points to go off that and i could look that up but go on with your point well i'm just saying i mean it's like that would be like liberty liberty's uh fans saying that after their 3-0 start like we know our defense is good Look at the stats that they put up. Like, yeah. I, mean, I think it's different. Like I said, Rutgers doesn't really impress me that much. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Rutgers I mean, offense doesn't, but. That's what I mean. But that's what we're talking about, right? The defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I my mean, thing. I understand. It's a, it's, a, it's a great chance that, like, neither of these two teams out of the six teams that they've played has played a really good offense. I mean, go look at the offensive stats. <laughs> go see where the offensive rankings are for Rutgers and Albany and some of these other teams. Troy. I mean, these these teams aren't world beaters on offense. I know Troy usually has a pretty good defense no matter what. Um, every once in a while they get good quarterback and they have good seasons. But um, Friday is going to be interesting because you're talking about four games in and we're going to see what each team has figured out about their teams and, and the opponents that they played. You know, have they just coasted? You know, I mean, I think as a, a Syracuse fan, I think we all know player coaches, everything that <clears throat> we probably should have won that Rutgers game. So um, there's probably a good chance that this, 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 this game should be two teams at three and zero playing against probably per back half or lower than average offenses and trying to figure out what they actually are. It's really the way that I would look at it. The defense, that whole game, I mean, is 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 Liberty's defense for real? Is our offense a little bit better than we thought? Like that's all questions that are going to get answered. Um, well, yeah, we this, knew we this knew is that. Really, I think this is really like as much as we've said every week. Well, is a question going to be answered? Oh well, I mean, is a quarterback controversy going to be answered in Ohio? Well, they only gave Schrader the last drive. Okay, what about Rutgers? Didn't play at all, right? So it's like all these things where it's a situation where you just don't know. And I think that this game, and it kind of makes sense. I mean, you wish you'd like to know more answers, but this game more than any other game and going to ACC, this is really the game that's going to give you the answers. Liberty allows 12 points a game, 12.3 and Syracuse allows 16.7. Right. So, I mean, which realistically, I mean, if you're just adding up the points, I mean, Albany had a pick six on us. Really didn't go against our, you know, our defense. But True. I mean, nonetheless, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It's close, but at the end of the day, these defenses haven't played against 
great offenses. No, they. This is going to be the best this, offense that we've played against. This is going to be the best for them too. Right. Yeah, it's just what is the game plan for Syracuse? So, and, and we'll <laughs> what see. What is real life? Who is? Yeah. Who, yes. Exactly. Real? Which is what why. Is real, right? To the point that we made you articulated real well on how you would like the games to be played with um, Albany, Ohio. Rutgers than Liberty when you progressively see the tougher team until you get into ACC play we've just kind of been scattered yeah. around <laughs> you know right. which is why we can't get the, we can't get any questions answered exactly I think that if yeah. we would have been able to if we would have been able to put this in chronological order the way we wanted it to you know aka Albany Ohio Rutgers leading into today then I think that every week some more questions would have been answered to the point because you can't you know you go from Ohio, don't know how good they are, what happens, to Rutgers, to now Albany, which is a D1AA school. I mean, I'm, you probably could have put in Jacoby and Morgan and Lampson and Markowitz, and we probably still could have completed those screen passes and handed the ball off to Tucker to win that game. So, so what did you make out of the presser with the injuries? Taj Harris, Garrett Williams... And what coach had to oh, say. Oh, yeah. Well, there was another one, too. That came, Jahad Carter. Completely Jahad forgot Carter. about him. He okay. didn't play either. Um, so, I mean, in one instance, it was even a little bit more impressive. Obviously, again, Albany. So, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But not having Kingsley, Jonathan, Garrett Williams, um, Taj Jahad Carter, Taj Harris, Chris Elmore. Like, those are five guys that, like, make impacts, right? So, hopefully... They're all going to be good to go. I think Jihad Carter, um, Kingsley Jonathan, and Garrett Williams were all um, in pads just in case. Um, and obviously Chris Elmore and Tosh Harris weren't. So uh, they didn't. Re- I don't even think they mentioned Tosh Harris, actually. I don't think anybody asked a question about Tosh Harris. In the- well, I so I was listening at work. Normally I sit down and record it and listen, and I pay yeah. close attention. But... I uh, I was listening at work, so I I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, I know that the depth the depth chart came out right, so you've got Tommy at the one again. I don't think that anybody was surprised by that. Tucker then Lutz, and then um, you know I don't know what kind of games they play here with the with the depth chart, but obviously Garrett Williams is on there, and Taj Harris is on there, so. I mean, it's just whatever. I, I don't I don't put any I don't put any weight on any of that with the injured players being on the depth chart. I just don't. So Yeah, well either way, I mean we've known um we know how D- Dino rolls. Right? Jahad Carter's I mean, on there to... too, by the way. What's that? Jahad Jahad's on there too, starting, so yeah, I mean, we know how Dino rolls. If there's anything that he can kind of withhold as far as information for the for the other team, the opponent, then he's going to do it. And that's why he's not going to name a starter out loud. Most people probably what, won't know until the day of or what the did morning. He, so he's going to. F- what did he allude to about uh, Luke Benson? Because I mean, he was on crutches, dude. That's I mean, that's that's never good. You don't just come out on crutches. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it, but he was still out there. He did seem like he was in an okay situation. And sometimes, like, same thing with, like, the soft cats or the walking boots or, like, anything like that. Um, a lot of times it's just kind of um, 
you know, kind of a pre-medical, like just in case type stuff, right? Yeah. Like we're going to, you know, basically you're just going to fortify your leg. We're going to put ice on it. We're going to give you this, this crutch, everything until, you know, the end of the game, we can get an MRI and get all that stuff done. Uh, I think it was a positive that he came out of the locker room, was out on the bench and he seemed, you know, into the game animated. Didn't seem like he was down or like it was going to be something to where it was like a season long, really, really, you know, bad. Um, but you know, even sprains and stuff like that can linger. So um, it's just, it's unfortunate because obviously with college and everything like that, it's just, it's very difficult to get out of the coaches and everything like that. Like what's really going on with the players. Right. We never even really know sometimes like, yeah, right. They're like lower body injury, upper body injury. Like you don't even really know. Like just sometimes when players are out, they miss multiple games they come back we never even know what they missed the games for we're just kind of speculating right so that's just um that's just the it's the nature of it all right yeah this is the nature of where college football is right now so on to the picks by the way nobody hit 62 to 24 yeah out of the the fans so uh, Did womp, anybody womp, get womp. 62 for Syracuse? Uh, no, I don't think so. That's an odd number. Or it's not an odd number. It's an even number, but it's an odd number. You know what I'm yeah. saying. All right. Yeah, I so, I know. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a joke, kind of. It was a bad one. All right. So, <laughs> I'm, used to, I'm Joe, used to those from you. I know you are. So, Joe, you're going to take the week. I had 38 to 10, obviously with 38, uh, 48 to 13, you're going to take that. So congratulations. You're, uh, what did I guess? You, you guessed 48, 13. We should have been better. We should have known better knowing that it was going to be a quarterback competition against the D one double a school. And there's quarterbacks out there trying to win a job. Uh, we, we should have, have we should have had the Shame Syrac- on us. We should have had this. So here's something. I had it was thirty eight to ten at one point, and I'm like, okay, don't score again. But it was in the second quarter. It was in the first. Yeah, it was in the second quarter. Yeah, it was in the first half. (laughs) So anyway, uh, you know, I knew I I knew right then. I I knew right then. I was like done. Uh, I was just hoping for uh, a rain delay or a thunderstorm, but obviously it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, So anyway, I picked first last time. I know this because I remember having this conversation. So. Yeah. You are up, Joe, uh, against Liberty at home, 8 o'clock, Friday night, prime time. What do you got? Um, well, currently the spread is six. Drop the point. Okay. So that means that there Fair are enough. some people out there betting Syracuse. Uh, again, this is a weird – This is a, we're at a weird place, Sean, because we have two quarterbacks that are – that can keep us in games, right? Like there's for the last two years or however many years it's been like one. If our starter if gets that, hurt, yeah, we're, we're done. Done, right? Yeah. Like we don't have anybody else to turn to. Now we're at a point where like if our starter's not playing well, we have He's something that yanked. might be able to come in and turn the tide, right? So that's like at least we think so. It's, well, I mean, I'm I. They're not far apart. I'm telling you right now. No, I mean Tommy about the, I mean about the, the short leash. Far apart. I mean about the leash length. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, I, you would like to think, right? Um, I mean, when he, when he talks about he thinks he's got two players, then you'd like to think that if one's not playing well and the game's on the line, you need a boost. You know, you got to get this guy in. Um, with that said, 
Uh, I think that the, the crowd is going to be huge this week. I think um, early early game, especially first four weeks, if we get Thursday or, a, or especially a Friday night game, I think that's an advantage for us because it takes away all the Saturday morning. You know, I mean, because realistically, if this is Saturday, what is it, a noon kickoff, two two o'clock something, then yeah. some, there's a bunch of people that can make an excuse not to go, right? So, and then it's on the ACC um, really network, not- so no one's going to get to watch it until halfway through the first quarter if it's a two o'clock game. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So um, definitely a situation where there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game. Um, you're pretty much in a primetime situation on a Friday night, not too many games on. Uh, and uh, I think the crowd's going to be huge. I think that um, that our team's going to – they, they remember last year's, and they want to be chomping at the bit, especially this defense, to get back um, at this team. And it gave, obviously, another year for this Tony White uh, defensive coordinator to kind of figure out this uh, offense a little bit. And we did see the same thing last year. So um, – I think we got an advantage on the defense. I think it's going to be a close game, low scoring. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Syracuse 27, Liberty 24. Okay, choosing Cuse. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. Homer. I had this one as chalked up as a loss in my preseason picks, and. I'm going to do, which I had, I, no, I'm not, but there may come a time where I may just have to go against you to get the extra five bonus points for (laughs) just to try something. Cause you crushed me by the way. The difference in points last game was, uh, I had 33, you had 20. So that's a huge difference. So with that said, with that said, man, this is a difficult one to pick, Joe. You know, I'd almost rather go first, too, by the way. <laughs> well, I almost feel like that's easier. About going first. I know. It's, I think it's almost easier to go first. But yeah, um, all of those things you said with the reiteration of the crowd, I'm hoping that's going to be the difference for the Orange. I'm hoping, you know, Friday evening, night, uh, people are going to want to, you know, get out of work and go to this game. I know I'd be just primed for it i mean absolutely yeah. uh primed without a doubt mm-hmm. you get out of work well, i mean it's, yeah you skip the and freaking shower that, you go good were they last year right yes right and there's a hatred there's a syracuse hatred for this team anyway internally yes that's stewed up in the last two years but right so i mean for reasons which you know syracuse has their own issues so <laughs> the reasons shall not be named <laughs> there. I mean, well, it was like uh, morality issues and here we are just, uh, you know, we had a basketball coach retire for issues. So our not yeah. retire, but resign, excuse me. Uh, so, so, well, I mean, you know, that's a wash. Where were those people there? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's a wash. Uh, don't get me started anyway. Yeah. All right. Those person. It's mainly, well, I don't know. Maybe it's more than one. Anyways, <laughs> no. I digress. I digress. It's time to pick. Yes. All right. Sorry, so bad. it's all good. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 24. Syracuse, 24. Liberty, 21. I like your, I like your three-point spread. Okay? So I'm undercutting you, bro. 
And I'm going oh, I'm going okay. Q's 2421. So what is the price is right? Oh, What's going on? Man, closest closest without going over. <laughs> so uh, you know, look, I don't think it's gonna be some like you know, high profile Classy. shootout. Crazy shootout, yeah. I mm. I don't, but I don't, but it, I mean, it could go. I could see it going both ways. So I mean, it is what it is. And I got a bad feeling about that pick already. I feel like I should have went a little bit higher, but that's fine. Uh, I mean, it's this is if you look at the stats and you look at the the defenses, it's like put up or shut up. I mean, even Vegas right now has this lined up as I think the over under is fifty two and a half. Okay, that's good. That makes so, me feel a little better. So um, it's a situation where when you look at these teams and where their defenses are, um, I mean, it looks like their the offenses are going to have a hard time scoring. Um, but at the end, but we both just went through the fact that they probably haven't played a bunch of really good offenses. So, <laughs> hey, so hey, nothing, nothing like getting primed up though and getting ready. And and yeah, to well, and I mean, to that point though, to that point though, and I don't want to start. We got to wrap this up. But to that point, though, is Syracuse behind a little bit on getting that offense set and established with kind of the bouncing around that they've done with the quarterbacks? I mean, does Probably. that puts them behind a little bit, right? I mean, the co- does it affect the offensive line? I mean, you know, it'd be a good question for Lasker. I mean, I'm sure he'd say, yeah, it might, you know, it definitely could. So. No, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it does. I mean, you saw it last game with just, I mean, he, albeit service just changed from right tackle to, to center, center, but yeah, uh, that that fumble, the snap that he just flew by Schrader. Obviously, he thought that Schrader said something. So, I mean, even down to a cadence, I think that them that Mike did he did mention that when it comes down to that kind of stuff and having to to get to get um, prepared for a game for two quarterbacks because, you know, you got different plays that they're calling. They, they even down to the cadence is different. And that's that's a that's a real thing. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So, so you so know, real, realistically, who knows if these penalties, if some of these penalties as far as fall starts and all that stuff um, that we've seen on the offense for the past two, three weeks, uh, if that has anything to do with that. I mean, but at the same time, the penalties have been all over the place with special teams, defense, and offense. And if I'll tell you right now, if they don't clean that up in just the oh, crazy yeah. turnovers, They're done. then, I mean, this is a problem. Yeah, this is Liberty is definitely um, a well, team that they're, they're, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, right? Yeah, they're well-disciplined. Um, yes. They're not making a lot of mistakes. They've cleaned it up from the Thus first game. Well, they've cleaned it up. I mean, they've gotten better from their first game to Every their third game. game. We yeah. got worse. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's a big problem. So we're just going to have to see what happens. Uh, look, stick around uh, after the close of the show where the, the, the rest of last show will play. <laughs> okay? So I uh, apologize about that, but that will play right after the close. You can finish up listening to that. Uh, like I said at the beginning, thank you, all of you. For hanging game, out man. with us. Huge game. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta get to three and three and one. Gotta three, get to three, three and one. one. Very important. And uh, we'll see what we can do. Go orange for Joe. Let's go. I'm Sean. We're out of here. Peace. All right. Next. At KD Racing 15. Discipline is very poor. Goes back to Another example of poor coaching was not impressed with Schrader's performance against a not good D1AA school. 
only good drive was in garbage time of the fourth. His mechanics are a little off, and you can tell he still needs to learn the playbook. Um, yeah, he... So, I agree to some extent, but I think all in all, at the end of the day, he played pretty good. He had a freaking... Um, he had a ball hike to him, and he's got his damn head turned, talking to yeah. a receiver. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. what could have been... What could have come of that drive? I mean, that, that stuff is a... He lost 20-something yards on that. So... Um, there was a couple of those things, a couple of miscues. Obviously, he's still learning the playbook a little bit. And the, and the mechanics is, you know, look, the kid's been throwing the ball and doing this f- since he was in Pop Warner. I don't know. You're not going to really change the mechanics of someone at this point. Maybe I'm wrong. I, mm. I, I just don't. No, I mean, sometimes you get these these comments and you'd like them to just elude a little bit more. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like what? Yeah, exactly. I'd like to think. Well, I mean, I'd like to think that I know football pretty well. But I can't. I couldn't watch that game and say that it looks like Schrader needs to learn more of the playbook. I don't know what the playbook is. I can't. I mean, that's hard to to come out and and kind of say. Um, well, that's and realistic. That's true. I'm and, and and you're right. And you're right to to realistically say it. But I I imagine that's his downfall right now, in my opinion. And that's just what I've thought. That's just been my inkling the whole time is that he doesn't have the playbook down totally yet. And. I guess they're really, you guess you're right. That really, there is nothing that I saw that would tell me that, like just watching that game. But I just think it's a little bit more than that. I mean, I think that DeVito's been here forever and right. he just got here. So, I mean, he's still trying to figure out how people play. How I mean, he just came in in the spring. Um, and again, we have talked about how it's kind of a, a difficult playbook. So, there's a lot of things he's trying to catch up on. And again, I think to what to your point, there were situations like in Ohio where, I mean, you're just trying to win the game and coach, he's, he knows what time he can do. He's probably more confident because, you know, Garrett's new. So again, um, it's hard for me to come out and say, I mean, could be the playbook. It could, there could be a lot of things, but I think it's just basically being comfortable. And Tommy's been here for what, four years, five years. So, um, well, I, think I want to say five. Just, I think it comes down to a comfortability factor at Could this point and just a, a, a knowing somebody a little bit more or a little bit better. That's pretty much it. So It's I mean, the offense, too, right? It's the guys around them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's not just coming down to one person. Right. Uh, Zach on Facebook. Gotta get, Zach, you got to get back to uh, top fan status there, buddy. Um, this was the hardest blowout I've ever watched. Dino's <laughs> is that not true? I mean, I feel like that's so true. Dino's tenure lasting past this year is not looking good. Rumor around the board is Marone has expressed interest in coming back. Take it with a grain of salt. I like Dino, but to be that sloppy is inexcusable. So yeah, it was tough to watch, and it's because of that. It's because of that the penalties and things like that. And obviously. Um, most of that falls on the coaches, but you know, the players know what not to do. And I guess it comes down to situational awareness on a lot of that stuff and totally unnecessary against a team that you can totally dominate just physically. Mm. So I guess that that's what was frustrating about it. Yeah. Well, and we had that conversation too, right? Where, um, you know, there's, fans that are talking about Doug Marone and talking about oh, Dino's on the hot seat and everything like that, you know, um, still too early in my opinion for, for that talk, but I see it, you know, Oh, a hundred percent. I see it all over social media. That doesn't, social media is not real life though. 
So for those of you who uh, haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, but, you know, we talked about that the other day, right? When we were, we were talking about um, Doug Marone and everything. And I just said, there's a lot of people that just, they think that this program really hasn't grown that much, but I mean, you saw the, the thing that came up on the screen about uh, Dino's record so far, right? 44 Which and 44. Which ironically 44 and 4. Yeah, 44 and 44. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe it's the years. I don't know. And we can't, we will never know. But, you know, you got fans calling for Doug Marone, wanting Doug Marone back and all this other stuff when. What was his um, record, Joe? I believe it was 25 and 25 oh, after four I years. I thought for sure you had that. Um. You keep going. So um, it's just one of those things where, I mean, the Robinson era and everything was it was so bad back then that Doug Marone going, you know, twenty five and twenty five and going to two bowl games, you know. Yep, you're right. At, you nailed it. Twenty five and twenty five. Kind of at kind of at six. What were they? Six and six, seven and five. Like uh, um, never four and eight, eight and five, five and seven, eight and five. Does that sound right? That's what this says. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and what did he do after his four years? He only got hired as a head coach at the right. Buffalo Bills right. for going 25 and 25 for four and years. And then Jacksonville, right? right? And he went to Jacksonville. And then he went to Jacksonville, and now I believe he's a coach at Alabama. But at the end of the day, I mean, we were in such desperate measures that Doug Marone came in and went 25 and 25 and got this little two-star Ryan Nassib from Pennsylvania. <laughs> and Alec Lemon became – and Marcus Sales became like some of the better receivers. Alec Lemon, he he broke records at Syracuse yeah, for receiving right. records. Yeah, and he went twenty five and twenty five. And I think that was in the Big East. So it's a situation. It's definitely he was definitely in the Big East. I'm sorry, hundred yeah. percent. Because so um, and he got a job as a head coach in the NFL. Now here we are with Dino, five five years and what two three games, and he's five hundred, and people are calling for his head. So um, again, this is kind of what happens. I mean, kind of when Pascaloni got ran out, right? I mean, you got to give somebody a little bit of time, other than three or four years, to be able to to get um, something going and get a culture going. And uh, you know, we are better off now. I mean, you're talking about. 500 in the ACC versus 500 in the Big East, so um, I think that we're we're better off now than what we were, or just as good off now as where we were, or if not better, when Doug Marone uh, went to the NFL. And it's just it's sad that you know you look at it and it's two, it's the same thing, but they're judged at two different scales because of you know just a little taste of some some bowl games or a, a ten and one ten and three season. So. Well, now he's 45 and 44. Oh, yeah, now he's over. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for what it's worth. Uh, all right, one... And I know some fans are going to be like, oh, well, let's see where he is at the end of the year, right? Well, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, I'm worried about it myself, I guess. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, speaking of, speaking of, uh, Anthony on Facebook, Dino should be let go in December. If this program can't recruit a P5 level with the rest of the ACC, then get used to 4 and 8 until 2032. Uh, not happy. Anthony not happy with the production Dino's putting out. But look, I have given Coach Babers the benefit of the doubt. I like him a lot. I think um, culturally, he has been an excellent 
for this program. I just wonder, some of me wonders if he's, I mean, and this is, this is just outside looking in. If he's a little bit, um, how do I say? I don't want to say lenient. I don't know. But maybe he's a, li- he's a little bit, um, maybe he needs to yell more. Maybe he needs to be a little bit tougher, a little bit hard-nosed. And just don't, he doesn't come across like that to me. And I think that maybe he should be. And I think he should definitely show it more. And he started to a little bit. You know, obviously we've seen his frustrations in the, in the loss, especially to Rutgers. I mean, he was not happy. And um, no, with, no. With, with that said, I want to see a meaner, more tough Dino Babers instead of, <sighs> instead of the father figure um, that's kind of seems like he's, you know, going around patting everybody on the head. I mean. That's tough, dude. I, I know. Well, that's the thing I know there's I a fine line. There's a fine line between being both of those now. Well, I mean, and I, I guess my thing is, is that I wonder if, you know, the older coaches or the more, you know, I mean, he comes from a military family, so I'm sure he's no nonsense. Yeah. Um, and then you see some nonsense and you're like, what's, what's going on? Exactly. And um, you wonder sometimes if it's just the state of you know, the athletes nowadays. Are they fragile? Are they too freaking fragile? Like, come on, man. Look, like, I, I, I mean, I saw, a quote, I saw a quote the other day from Nick Saban talking about, you know, you see these high school players, you know, transferring three, four high schools in, in their high school. He's like, I don't want them. They can't, they can't come over. They can't with, with come adversity. He's like, I want guys that are going to come in and with come adversity, you know, overcome adversity. You go to Alabama. You know, you might not start right from the get-go because you're going against the best of the best. And this, are you going to transfer or are you going to come in and develop in two or three years? And you know, for Nick Saban, he can say that and he can follow through and he can do that because he puts national championships on the board, on the table, on the plate um, for Alabama. Uh, it's sometimes it's tough to be able to come off like that at Syracuse, and you can't even guarantee a bowl season. So. Um, you wonder sometimes how coaches like that um, are trans. I don't know. It, it, transforming it, the way they coach a little bit to be able to listen. Maybe, okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I do mean, understand what you're saying. <clears throat> but just through time, coaches were the people who. They help parent away from home. You get yelled at by your coach. You either get yelled at by your parents or your coach growing up. No, yeah. And and it and maybe you maybe you got a little butt hurt, but wasn't that motive? Didn't that used to be motivation for kids? Wasn't no, it's, that, it's, it's, it's challenging them, right? Like yes. That's what you're supposed to, yeah. Yes, right? I mean, you, you want to challenge them to get better, to do better, to learn. Yes, hundred yes, percent. And I mean, you don't got to be a jerk about it, obviously. But but as <laughs> right. these kids get older, they need to feel it, they need to hear it, and they need to accept it. Because uh, no, your coach but... isn't going to lie to you. Um, he's going to tell you the, the truth, whether it hurts your feelings or not, and it's supposed to make you better. And I'm not even talking, to, we're, we're on a totally different subject. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that this is what's happening, but at the end of the day... It, no, the, who cares? These, who these, goes? Go with it. Yeah, the kids are, 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 are coddled through uh, high school now. So much that things, they don't, they're almost out of reality. And there's not a lot of accountability sometimes. So it comes down to personality. At the end of the day, um, instead of being taught, it's either in you or it's not. And that no, now you can go to college 
and if you don't like your situation, you can, you can go portal and not. Right. Yeah. Oh, pick right. a pack up so your whole, toys and go home. The whole system is set up for them to be able to just do this. Yes, because they're yes. fight through adversity. Because right. they're they're brought up through high school. Some of them. I'm just saying this happens that to think that they their shit doesn't stink, hmm. and and that I they, if that's done on purpose. <laughs> do do what? <laughs> Wonder if it's done so I wonder purpose. if that's done on purpose. It could be, but anyways, my point is, I want to see, I want to see a tougher Dino Babers out there, and I hope, yep. I hope we can clean up the penalties. Look, that stuff starts in practice. And I remember when we used to, when we used to do that crap, like you ran, you're like, he's a crow. I don't want to run. Yep. That's the worst. Yep. That's the mm-hmm. worst. Make them run. I don't know what else yep. to say about it. My dad Punish saw him. my my co- yeah, my dad saw my coach grab my face mask, and for next time I saw him, he didn't. What he asked me what I did wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah, yeah. What'd you do. That's what my mom would say when she saw me running. What were you, what were you running for? I was well, I was I'm thirty seconds late, or you know, yeah. whatever. You ran. That's what you did, and it sucked. And you dealt with it. And your coach loved you no matter what. At the end of the day, and anyway. And then, then maybe you weren't late next time. Well, I lived right across the street too, so there's no excuse for it. God, you really had no excuses. Seriously, seriously. Hopefully, you learned. I did learn. I'm not late to anything anymore. See how that works? That's the freaking truth, too. I'm never late to wow. anything anymore. All right. There you go. That's what happens. All right. Look, thank Do you it. everybody for tuning in. We appreciate all of you so much. Thanks for coming in. Help spread the word. Tell them. Tell your friends. For Joe, yeah. I'm Sean. We're out of here. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.